0: Boys and girls have gathered around singing of the, of the joys of two different lands, really, in the difficulties, too. It's a song. Uh, the Puerto Rican uh, kids are singing it. The leader is Anita. Anita is played in the film by Rita Marino, our guest this morning, Academy Award winner, but more than that, someone very vital as an actress and as a participant and as a dancer, too. Rita, y- your feelings in hearing the recording of the song from West Side Story, your feelings in listening to it.
1: Yeah. What, you want to know my feelings? Yes,
0: as you hear it right now. Yeah. Oh, a song.
1: I, I'm a. <laughs> well, it brings back all kinds of lovely memories about the filming, of course. And uh, I'm terribly sorry it's over. God, I got such joy out of uh, doing that. And of course, what's funny is that uh, in the uh, film, I am the uh, person who wants to stay in America, and I love America. and the, course, my sentiments, if I were in Anita's position, and I certainly was once, would be just the opposite. Or not so much not staying in America, but changing things. I want to stay in America. It's a wonderful country, but I'd sure like to see some changes.
0: You're now talking as Anita or as Rita? Uh, as Rita. You're talking as yourself <laughs> No, because Anita yeah. feels differently. Yes. Now, for the moment, Anita. Here's yeah. Anita. Yeah. You are Anita. What are Anita's feelings? What?
1: Anita, Anita thinks that they're... Uh, well, there's no question in Nanita's in, in mind that everything about America is uh, grand in the sense that uh, she thinks in these terms, beautiful dresses, a luxurious apartment someday with uh, smoke mirrors, and uh, uh, at least 60 pair of shoes. That's the way, well, as many people who uh, uh, have uh, uh, financial uh, poverty uh, think, they think in terms of material, Wealth. She thinks in terms of uh, anything that's beautiful and that will make her more attractive. Because really, Anita feels that unless she's uh, wearing a lovely, expensive dress—not lovely, but expensive—that yes, yes. she won't be liked.
0: The, would you say someone who is financially in a tough spot, strapped, but also not someone only just financially, financially. Sta- no, but from another world too, perhaps a world the vision, that it, yes, yes, the but of the, this, the, my yeah. point is yeah. that
1: uh, I know I went through this. Yes. And it's been a big struggle for me most of my life, un- until up till very recently. Uh, if I put on a beautiful dress, I won't look Latin and poor. And it, that isn't what it means, really. What it means is I won't be disliked. To be Latin is to be disliked. As uh, To be Negro is to be disliked. is to be ugly. To be Jewish is the same so you're thing. You're
0: speaking now of a shame of heritage of any minority group. Yes, well, uh, it's,
1: it's, it's been, you know, kind of poured on our heads. So if you're Latin, you're dirty and you're diseased and you're dumb. And uh, very often you are dirty, and quite often you are diseased. I was most of my childhood, and uh, I uh, wasn't very smart either. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't due to... Fortunately, it wasn't due to me. It was due to outside forces. I didn't know terribly much because I wasn't taught well. I don't want to sound like a victim now. Was your early life life like
0: Anita's to some extent? Yes, it was very
1: much like it. You might say that uh, the performance in West Side is a very personal and subjective one. And I'm terribly glad that uh, I got to do it, because I put a lot of my guts and blood into it.
0: (laughs) Well, apparently this comes through, and it's quite evident, aside from the award, to those who see it, that you are Anita on Mm. that screen.
1: In that sense, I am.
0: Now, the the lyrics of the song were changed somewhat, too, of the. Yes, in in
1: the play, they were. As I said, Anita takes the side, takes the part of America, and Bernardo, her boyfriend, doesn't. He's the leader of the sharks, the gang. Anita's viewpoint is anything about America is grand. We won't even think about the bad things. uh, We'll make believe they don't exist. There are great, great things. And um, there's nothing she wants more than to be accepted by everyone as a, quote, white girl, unquote. That will make her decent and clean and lovable.
0: And yet... Among the Puerto Ricans, we know uh, from different documentaries and talking to different people, the tremendous pride really deep down. Well, of course
1: there is, but you see, when people are constantly telling you, or even when you go to school, uh, constantly reminding you that you are uh, ignorant or that you're poorly dressed, you can't help it. The psyche is a very delicate little thing. Uh, You're going to say, well, maybe there's some basis in fact because it's told to you so often. You know, it's... it's, If you're in a hospital and you have lousy food and you have to stay in that hospital for six months, about the third month the food's going to start to taste pretty good, and about the sixth month you think that Romanoff stinks and that this food is the only good food. Well, that's what happens to one.
0: You find a condition to actually believing well, something, sure. not be, and yet, in and con- yet,
1: then there, there's the other side, which is which is what makes these kids so angry, which is what makes them form gangs, which is what makes them so hostile to anybody or any kind of criticism. They become so delicate and vulnerable to any kind of criticism because they know instinctively, I'm good. I should be proud of what I am. You know, some of the why gangs, aren't I? You
0: know, some of the gangs here in Chicago, are not not mm. because the, uh, the Puerto Rican population isn't too big here, but there's some. Mexican or Italian or Greek or Negro or other minority groups have interesting names, the gangs do. These, here are the sharks, names like nobles and barons. Yes, isn't that interesting? The
1: Viceroy's in New York, which was a notorious gang. That's right.
0: But they become the the names of nobility. That's right. Well, that's no
1: accident. It makes perfect sense if you stop to think for a moment. Sure. Uh,
0: Yet we may perhaps hear this one... Here's a documentary, it's a recording. A man is in a Puerto Rican restaurant in New York, a tavern where Puerto Ricans hang out, Uh and the jukebox is playing, and it's a song, and he's translating it. I'd like to hear your reactions to this after we hear this. As we listen to this record, uh, Rita Moreno, your reactions to it in contrast to what we heard earlier from West Side Story. He was the man's overwhelming pride in his hometown with all the material poverty there. Mm -hmm. Is this uh, basically truthful? Of the feeling? of
1: Oh being. yes, yes, That well you know there are always uh, counter feelings about things, as I said, which is co- what causes such awful conflict in one but uh, you know what really, uh, what really impresses me it's a social commentary on what's happening in New York, the fact that they're writing songs like this, those are protest songs yes. they're just as much protest even though they have the, the Latin beat as anything else you can think of as a spiritual it's very moving. And, of course, that line about the frozen chickens.
0: Yeah, it's very funny. Wouldn't. <laughs> it's wonderful. That's, it's probably more than just uh, a man's pride in his hometown. He's saying something else here, too, despite all the He's advances. He's saying, you silly people,
1: yeah. so you have frozen products, yeah. so you have uh, fancy dresses, so what? What I feel in my heart is what's important.
0: You yourself. Uh, you you were very young when you left Puerto Rico.
1: I was about five.
0: five so you have no memories of
1: I do you do. You know I have you know what I have. I have sensory memories of Puerto Rico. I remember walking through sugarcane fields. We didn't wear shoes, and you know, when I left, Mr. Hilton hadn't arrived. <laughs> and uh, for candy, we would go into the sugarcane fields and just tear off a hunk of it and suck on it all day, which is delicious, by the way. And then, for a real treat, we'd walk by the bread factory and stand at the door and just smell. It was wonderful. And then, uh, oh yeah, I have memories of picking guavas. Off, I don't know if they grow on trees or bushes. I really don't remember. And then I also had a marvelous gift for uh, knowing the names of all the herbs. So, to show off, my mother would take me through the countryside with friends and she'd pick off herbs and she'd say, What's this? Rosita. That was my name, Rosa. And I'm so sorry I don't have it anymore now. And I would tell her. And we'd do this for a day's entertainment. And uh, oh, we didn't have stoves. We had. What looked like a huge, very thick wooden table with round indentations in which we put twigs, and if we were lucky, charcoal. And um, also, oh yes, before I came to America, my mother sent me to a nursery school, and we learned to sing the following song. Good Good morning to you, good morning to you, good morning to you. And that was the only English I knew when so I came to America.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the, the memories then are, are very.
1: They're lovely. And, and They're pointed. lovely. But at the same time, I remember at the time, it didn't move me, of course, but when I think of it now, it's so ludicrous. I remember very often seeing people carrying tiny, white little coffins from their homes. Babies, I remember going to see a woman whose baby was dying of constipation. Can you imagine that? And Even then, but it happened in Puerto Rico.
0: Remember, little white coffins.
1: Tiny coffins, little infants dying constantly for the most, uh, the the littlest reasons. You know, things that no baby should die of.
0: And so the, to get away, to find a job, really, the big migration to- Well,
1: you know what my mother did. My mother left me with my father. She went to New York not knowing a word of English. She was very young. She gave birth to me when she was about 16. She got herself a job in a sewing factory where they made shirts for men. She, no one ever taught her to sew. She just learned. She was then, I guess, about 18 or something. And she worked for a year. I didn't see her for a year. In this factory doing what they call piece work, which is probably some of the hardest work you can do. You get paid s- a certain amount of pennies per piece that you a, sew. A
0: sweatshop work.
1: Yes, yeah. really. And a year later, she came back to Puerto Rico. I didn't even know her. I was so young I had forgotten her. She took me, oh, I remember she had a trunk full of toys for me, because she knew I wouldn't recognize her. She brought me, she had made enough money in that year, just enough to bring both of us back to New York City by boat. Very few people used planes then. And we had, I think it was supposed to have taken about four days to get to New York, and it took us eight, because there were violent storms, and we couldn't spend any time in our cabin, which was way down at the bottom of the ship where you always get sick anyway. So we spent all our time up on deck. And I remember there was a w- crazy woman who was quite frightened because of the storm, and she had a baby in her arms, and for about four days she was walking up and down the uh, deck with a baby in her arms, singing songs at the top of her lungs. <laughs> it was kind of comical too. Loud, loud lullabies and rumbas yeah, <laughs> to loud. this baby in her <laughs> arms. <laughs> and that's how we arrived in New York. And we stayed with an aunt of mine, she was called the Black Sheep Aunt, in a two-room apartment. And my mother and I in one room, and my aunt in another. And the kitchen, no bath.
0: So then the role of Anita that you do required no case history writing on your part.
1: Not at all. (laughs) Your own
0: case history as a small child, a memory case history.
1: In fact, I had fun in the picture. The designer who uh, designed the sets, who is marvelously talented, um, asked me if I had any suggestions for the interior of some of the rooms, like Maria's room, Natalie Wood's, or mine. And, of course, I was thrilled to pieces because I knew exactly how it should be furnished. And I said to him, well, why don't you get those little tiny blown glass figures that are done in colors and pinks, bright pinks and blues and white. And he just loved that. And also, do you remember those dolls that were made of, of uh, cloth and they had very fancy Marie Antoinette dresses on? You put them on a bed. Yeah. Remember, you, sp- yeah, they're on the you bed. spread their That's skirts right. and you put them there at the pillow. Yeah. And he loved that, but he couldn't find one. Was a this was all ago. part
0: of the period, part of the time, yes, so part of the yeah. particular culture yeah, of yeah. the new people moving in,
1: mm-hmm. coming yeah.
0: to the... Before, I, I want to come back to you and, and uh, Anita and, and your childhood and how you became the actress. The role you're playing now, Sally Bowles and I Am a Camera, rather interesting choice. You chose this, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I did. Here's
0: an Isherwood's book that deals with pre-Hitler Berlin. Why did you choose this? I don't think of you as Sally Bowles, and yet you did No, it.
1: nobody does. Uh, I suppose it seems unlikely in terms of the way I look, for one thing. I do look Latin and kind of exotic, and then also in terms of what I just did in West Side Story. But uh, the principal idea was to do something that wasn't easy, to do something that would, be, that would take effort and uh, <coughs> some... Uh, and something that would make me tap my creative processes, if that's what you can call them. And it's also what uh, my uh, drama coach in LA said: stretch your muscles, your acting muscles. Don't do something that's easy. What's the point? And uh, I think if you're really interested in acting or developing yourself as an actor, it's necessary. If a drama
0: coach, would it, would it be Benno Schneider in chance? Chancellor? No, no.
1: This is no. Jeff Corey. Yes. Uh, so we worked on it. I worked good on actor, it. Yes, yes, he was. A, he, yes, was, he, was. he teaches yes. now. And uh, we only had time to work on it for, I think, an hour and a half because I was doing another show at the time. I really wanted to spend time on it. And, you know, you only get seven days in summer stock to learn the whole script, which is still, to me, incredible. I can't believe no. that anybody can learn that yeah, much dialogue, but you do. But the principal idea was to do something that was very uh, different from anything I'd done, and this certainly is. It's quite different, and it's great fun and there are things I don't do well in it still and that I may not till I try it again in another theater or in Chicago or something but
0: here's Sally wholly so different from Anita yeah Uh, Sally Bowles whole background
1: (laughs) Sally's from England from Lancashire from the family of an upper middle class family and uh hates it and she's a complete kook She's, uh, she tries very hard to be different, quite deliberately. She's very superficial. She's very charming. She's terribly selfish and thoughtless, and that's what many times makes her appealing and interesting. She's this not completely adorable, which is important.
0: This role, and human, strangely enough. Oh,
1: she way. is. There's something se- terribly yeah. pure about her. Sally couldn't lie. She does when it doesn't mean anything.
0: And we see here within a framework, a very cynical framework. Oh, it's an interesting
1: framework. one. That's yeah. right. It's just I when think. the riots were beginning in Germany.
0: You'll be playing. I, we should. I want. I want to uh, make this clear. You're at the Edgewater Beach Playhouse, right. and you'll be there yeah. until until
1: the twenty fourth.
0: Until the twenty fourth. Yeah. Rita Moreno as Sally Bowles. Now, if we may turn to. Back th- So they will see you, the audiences who have seen you in West Side Story need to see you in a wholly different gown.
1: <laughs> Terribly, so, yeah.
0: Back to, to uh, Anita and back to Rita Moreno. Rosita Moreno. Yes. I mean, now it's Rosita Moreno.
1: It's really yeah. Rosa oh, Dolores Rosa. Alverio de Marcano. Now, that, isn't that pretty? Be, I was such a fool to change it.
0: That's your full name. Mm. It would take up the whole marquee, but that's... It the,
1: could, yeah. Well, just Rosa Alverio. Or Rosa Moreno.
0: Yeah. The... You and theater. Always a small girl. Was this always a feeling on your part to be...
1: An actress?
0: A performer, yes. Yes,
1: yes, very much so. You know, um, I suppose you've noticed, and I suppose this is not the most profound thing in the world, but it's worth mentioning that uh, uh, some of our finest entertainers, or let's even say some of our most ambitious performers, are members of minorities, it's like, really, it's comparable to the bullfighter in uh, in the s- Latin countries. Uh, they have less chance there uh, to become well-known people in many fields. So the young boy who wants to be respected and loved becomes a bullfighter.
0: So is, th- is this often the case, generally?
1: The I really think so. The bullfighter comes from a poor a Terribly. Poor Usually they're just destitute.
0: So it's the young Negro in the prize ring, say, mm-hmm. for example. Yes. It's quick.
1: And the young man who becomes a singer, and whose name might be uh, um, Tacoloni or something Italian. But really, I th- I do think I know everyone says this, but I think there is a basis to that. I really do.
0: The the you I mean this is there's I don't a way. think it's
1: an accident. You know, there
0: is a way in which the talent itself, whether it be that of a a singer or a dancer or an actor mm-hmm. or a prize fighter, mm-hmm. that talent is the core, the key, whereas it would be difficulty other obstacles in other fields mm-hmm. because he is of a minority group.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. I really think that there's something quite deliberate about that choice, whether you're aware of it or not.
0: To, back to you again. When you were very, always the end then to be a performer. Oh, yeah. since
1: I was a tiny little girl, yeah. What was I your, did love to dance. What
0: was your outlet, dancing? Before
1: originally. I became neurotic. Before
0: you became neurotic. <laughs> You were a dancer?
1: <laughs> I loved it. When I was even a tiny little girl, okay. my mother would play records and I'd get up and dance.
0: Did you study with someone?
1: I did in New York. Uh, finally, when I was about six and a half or seven, my mother took me to a uh, Spanish dance teacher. And I studied with him, and within about a year or two, I was dancing at benefits, and you know where they always exploit little kids. (laughs) You can get them for nothing. Benefits
0: where they always exploit little
1: kids. Well, they always. That's a good phrase. Well, it's true. They always have. They don't. They want somebody's having a a a, a bar mitzvah. I entertained tons of bar mitzvahs, you know, and uh, a lot of weddings of all kinds, and they don't pay you, or they pay you five dollars. So they get kids, because who else is going to do this? And they keep telling you, it's, for the, it's, it's, good, it's good for the experience, kid, you know? This you need was, experience. This was your training
0: ground. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did you work in musicals, too, before West Side Story?
1: No, I never... Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. In films, I did. I did uh, three musicals. I did one at MGM with Lanza, and then I did an awful turkey called uh, The Vagabond King, and uh, then The King and I, which was nice. And West Side, which I think is the best.
0: You yourself recently have been working some films in different places. You're working in a Philippine film.
1: Yeah, uh, it was. It's an American film made oh, in made Manila. In yeah, mm-hmm. with uh, Van Heflin. Yeah.
0: Do you find is there something happening in other countries here? The, the we, we're so accustomed. I think of the film industry as something wholly American. Yet we know there are tremendous films that are mm-hmm. have been made, great films in different lands. Now. In Asia, is now you've been where in in Manila, but this is an American film. No, I
1: was in Manila, I was in Bangkok, the rest of the countries I visited on my own. Bangkok, um, Hong Kong, Singapore, and Japan. I love Japan. I love them all. I like the Orient. The people are different there. In what way? They are different in a very special sense. They are warm. They are not suspicious. They are very generous in terms of themselves. I don't mean anything materially. They are just delightful and they're so happy to see you. Of course, one always has to take into consideration the fact that one is in the movies and one has been seen. But even aside from that, they're lovely people. When you come back to uh, America, there seems to be such an air of hostility and suspicion. It's so different. And you're so welcome in the Orient. God, I love those people. And they're simpler too. They don't stop to sit and analyze and and, uh, dissect things, you know. It's just, they say, oh, is that, it's raining? Well, I guess it's raining, okay. Nobody says, do you wonder why? It's just raining. <laughs> that's all.
0: When were you last in Puerto Rico?
1: I was in Puerto Rico last when I was five.
0: Oh, that's the last, you have yeah, been there Yeah, I'm since. dying oh, to I go see. back. You haven't been there since. I
1: was supposed to go two years ago to do some summer stock, and uh, I was involved in a car accident, and thereby hangs another tail. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't go, so.
0: I was wondering what, 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 uh, changes you would have, well...
1: Oh, I would have have seen some... I would see... uh, I may go this year. I'm really terribly anxious to go. Oh, you know what? Uh, After I got the Oscar, when I went back to Manila to finish the film, I got two wires. One from the Senate Mm -hmm. in Puerto Rico, and one from the mayor of San Juan. And from the Senate, I also got a typed uh, 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 leaflet with the minutes of the meeting where it was decided that I was... Adorable and darling and a Mm. Puerto Rican.
0: Great (laughs) pride.
1: Oh, I was so proud I wanted to die. Really, that meant much more to me than any award in the world. It really did.
0: Here again, the pride. I started to cry
1: and carry on. I really was thrilled. I still have to answer them and thank them, but I want it to be such a special letter, you know. I want to have the time to write it.
0: You know what? I think it would be appropriate in listening uh, just as... uh, you say this, recounting what happened after you won the award. Perhaps this, uh, this song, The this song might bring back a memory to you, too, perhaps. the song, what is your, you've heard this before.
1: Oh, I heard it so many times, not only in Puerto Rico, but of course in New York, whenever we went to Latin functions. But you know what, that really brought back to mind.